to another week of the Don't Skip Therapy podcast. Emily and I are super excited to be back with you guys talking about another mental health topic. This week, we are talking about the arrival fallacy. That is to how to find more joy and happiness in our daily lives. How to find more joy today. So to get started, we want to touch base about what the arrival fallacy is. So the arrival fallacy is a term given to the illusion that when we arrive to something, reach a certain goal, attain a certain possession, get into a certain career, we'll find lasting happiness, right? And it's a fallacy because it's false. Right, because wherever you go, that's where you'll be. I think people think that if I change my circumstances, I'll be able to change my emotions. And while that's true for a short period of time, that's not where you're going to find long-lasting change um, because we are the ones who change our emotions. I think about people um, who jump from job to job or in a job and have really poor boundaries and then they leave their job and try to go to another job and they're thinking that it's going to fix their problem Right. when their problem is I have a problem or a difficult time setting boundaries. And so what needs to be learned or changed is the boundary setting rather than where we're going or what we're doing. I think this happens a lot in relationships too, right? So people will jump from relationship to relationship in this dependency way to avoid being alone or sitting with themselves and their emotions. But wherever they go in each relationship, that's where they'll be. Mm -hmm. And so they can't escape that inner work. And so they're looking for something to arrive at or be or achieve or leave in hopes that it's going to fix their emotional state when really they're the only ones that can fix their emotional state. Totally. I agree with that. So it really comes down to that mindset towards the process, right? Right. And so it's this idea of rather than waiting out and holding out for this final destination, Mm -hmm. you're enjoying the process. It's like this process of becoming who you are. And so it's like, most people are just waiting for the end destination, the the relationship, the job, the this, the that. But really what you enjoy is the process. Same thing with like a healthy marriage. People are just like, oh, I want a healthy marriage. But a healthy marriage is a process and it's ongoing. And so the trick is to shift your mindset towards what's important. And then the important thing is the process. No, yeah, I agree with that. I think a relationship with a healthy So a healthy relationship with your spouse is actually a perfect example about this because you can't view there's no such thing as a result or a a certain end goal with a marriage. It literally is the process, right? A successful marriage is what staying in the marriage. What does that mean? That is staying in the process. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about a healthy relationship, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a really just a good example to understand this point is the fact that, the process of, of being in a marriage is that's the goal that that is the happiness it's just being in it right you're not just going to arrive at a happy marriage and then be done and then it's going to take you on for the rest of your life right it's an ongoing process and thing for sure i think back to uh when i was in my, my medical stuff and i saw this so poignantly it was so you know when i was a pre-medical student involved with those guys it was always, okay, when I graduate from my undergrad, when I get into medical school, when I get into the school and finally get all that, I'll be happy, you know? Yeah. And then I know a lot of medical students, right? They're saying the exact same things, but the, in the other ways, they're saying, 
okay, when I finish medical school, this is so hard. There are so many tests. There are so many exams. There is so much to do. When I just finish medical school and I'm in residency, I'm a graduated medical student. I'm a doctor at that point, and I'm a resident. That's when I'll be happy. And also, when I'm, you know, I was working at the hospital, surrounded by residents and, and attending physicians, and I saw the same thing with residents. They said, "Oh, I'm working so many hours. Residency is so hard. It wasn't was what I expected. It, this is so difficult. When I'm an attending, when I graduate residency, when I'm attending physician, and I'm running my own practices, or I have my own patients, and I don't have someone looking over me, I'll be happy. I know I'll be happy at that point. And then the same exact freaking thing with the attending physicians. <laughs> it literally is the same thing. The attendings. Okay, when I am, you know, don't have any more debt, or when I." have my own practice or when I retire, that's when I'll be able to rest and be happy and all this. And so it's like literally at every stage, each person was saying the exact same thing. Right. Waiting for the next thing. Waiting for the next thing. When I do this, I'll be happy. And I bet you it provided relief for a little while. I mean, yeah, right. For maybe a couple of weeks or days, but then you get into that process, that journey, right? So the pre-medical student getting into the medical student journey or the medical student getting into the resident journey when they're in that journey and they really are in the journey is when they're like, oh, you know, when I do, oh, the when next I get to thing. the next thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's a never ending process. And so if we don't learn it now to fix that and truly find joy right now, it's, it's never ending process. Right. And so that's the, once again, falling in love with the process of what you're doing and, and learning to embrace the the journey and that you're on. Totally. And like, like we said is we're all doing this in some way or another. One shape or form. Yeah. We really are because why? Because society and the world are screaming their arrival fallacy. Mm -hmm. They literally are. We see examples of the arrival fallacy all over the place. Think about this. You hear, you know, these, these, motivational speakers you know some people or maybe just these gym bros it's like put your head down and grind bro like you just gotta grind man mm -hmm. it's like yes you do have to work hard but you can also find joy while working hard right find joy and also there's also should be times for relaxation and enjoyment vacation and it's balance i think what you said on a previous podcast i think it was a couple weeks ago now you said that if you take time to rest now while also working hard, but also really include that resting time, you will be able to go further in the long run. So I think that's just a good example that just popped into my head. Yeah, for sure. Um, think about this. There's so many times on social media where you'll see an ad, it's clearly an ad and it will say like, here is the fastest way to make a million dollars or here's the fastest way to grow your business by this. And it's like, they're, they're saying those things as if you need that to feel happy. And it's like, no, I'm perfectly content yeah. with going through my experience and learning the business tips and learning how to get those clients on my own. I don't need necessarily this quick fix grand scheme like that I need that happiness or whatever. Yeah, that's I, I, when you say that, I think about beauty marketing like to a T. Oh, you need this mascara. You need this highlighter. You need this contour. So that way you look like this and that way you can be happy and feel confident. They prey on people's insecurities and things that we all want. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's this, this idea of like, once you have this, you'll be happy. Once you look like this and have this achievement and women get caught in that all the time. I think you're, yeah. One of your friends, Anita, right? I think she said, 
um, they almost create a problem. Yes. That yeah. wasn't existing beforehand. And then you realize, oh, like, oh, maybe I do need this. And I'm actually not feeling happy. But beforehand, if you would have never seen that ad or post or whatever, you would have never known the problem. There was never a problem. That's the point. Yeah, there was never a problem. <laughs> yes. And so another thing, just like literally social media in general. Um, I mean, social media has tons of positive benefits, right? But it also has a lot of negative benefits. I guess you can't really say negative benefits, but negative things about it. Negative problem, yeah. You know, and and think about social media posts. You always see people about their vacations, their new cars, their private jets, the concerts they go on, yeah. you know, whatever it goes on and on. And those things are great. Don't get me wrong. But it's like everyone, I don't know, sometimes just viewing those things, it's almost like the world or society or all the when social you media, do this, books, you'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it sometimes seems to uh, be telling us or screaming that message. Have you ever heard the, the, the term Sunday scaries? I have. And so that's another thing that I think of is, is these people who, who live for the weekend and then experience Sunday scaries, right? They live for the weekend. They're going Monday through Friday in their jobs. Just, you know, grinding, grinding away, grinding away. But like, when I get to the weekend, I'll be good. I can rest. I can chill. And all of a sudden, it's Sunday night again, and they're feeling Sunday scaries. I was thinking about this today on my way to work. It's funny because it, it, today is my my Friday when we're recording this. And um, I was on my way to work, and I thought, I never i am like, oh, I have to go to work. Sure, there's days that I don't necessarily want to go but it's never like this begrudging thing that's like daunting and that brings me anxiety and stress and overwhelm and I was like and I thought about it I go if you could tell me that all my expenses were taken care of and I didn't have to like work to live I would do it for free Mm -hmm. I would do it because I love it and I love helping people and I think once again and I and I think about this process of like this arrival fallacy is it's not like I'm just going to work to achieve this certain thing. I'm going to work because I love going to work. I like the process of meeting with my clients, helping them, seeing them progress. And it's funny too. I sit with my clients and my favorite part. Yes, of course I want to see them quote unquote graduate therapy and move on and eventually not see me again. But I love the process. I love seeing the small changes over time and seeing the, the light bulbs go off and the things connect. And that's my favorite part of the whole thing is, is the, the process of that. Yeah, that's that's really good. I think everyone can get to that point um, of truly enjoying what they're doing. I don't think we're ever, we're ever going to get to the point of having a hundred percent perfect days or great days or always having the the perfect emotion. But just like you said, a majority of the time, 99% of the time you go to work excited, you go to work motivated to, help these people because you really try to found your passion or your purpose or your just something that you enjoy in your life. Right. And I, I think too, we're human. Mm-hmm. And so of course I'm tired after. And if you could tell me like, Hey, yeah, you can take a few less clients. I definitely would. Right. And just so that I'm like more energized and mm-hmm. it's a little bit more doable. Right. Cause I think there's that human nature part of us too, that we can't just go, 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 go. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a really good point. So moving on, the next point that we want to talk about is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And gratitude is interesting. Obviously, we always hear about gratitude. But the reason that I think about gratitude right now in this circumstance is gratitude is so connected to the present joy we feel. Right? 
We express gratitude for past and present experiences and not for future experiences. So think about this. We express gratitude for, hey, you know, last week when you helped me clean the dishes or last night when you, you know, helped me put the dishes away, I was really grateful for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Or tonight, you know, thank you so much for cooking dinner. It was really nice to come home to a warm meal and it was super tasty. So thanks so much. So I'm expressing gratitude for last night Mm -hmm. or previous experience or tonight, a present experience. Mm -hmm. We don't say, oh, I'm so grateful for my house in 10 years. Right. Right? We we don't express gratitude for, for future events. And so gratitude is so connected to literally the present moment. Right. I think, too, with uh, being in a state of gratitude, um, it it literally can put you into an energy state of positivity. And, like, it, it almost puts you into a place of your higher self. And I think that's an important thing to remember with gratefulness is you can also mention things you are grateful for. But you can also take it a step further and talk about why that meant something to you. Hey, thank you so much for making dinner today. I, I'm, I'm really exhausted after work today, and this, this is a huge relief that I don't have to cook. Mm-hmm. Right, and taking that extra, and it like it leaves an energy frequency after. Hey, thank you so much for being such a great friend. You know, I don't have many people I can reach out to for support, and I know I can really count on you, and that means a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an energy after you say something like that that you feel, and the other person can feel which strengthens relationships, which also increases joy. And that energy state follows you for times after as well. So to kind of dive more into what do you, what do you mean by higher self? Um, you know, that kind of that feeling of clarity and connection that oh, I kind of use the analogy of like smelling the roses. It's like that blissful moment when you're looking at like the mountains or the sunset or a beautiful scenery. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow. Yeah. Life's awesome. Life is great. Gotcha. Yeah. It kind of puts you into that place of like, wow, look how awesome my husband is. Wow. Look how good my friends are. And that gratitude grounds you and brings you to a really present state and makes you enjoy what you have presently. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that when we're expressing gratitude, we need to take it a step further and getting into that higher self or you saying that gratitude leads us to getting to that higher self i think there's a good better best practice Mm -hmm. i think it's just fine to express gratitude and thankfulness i think that's totally fine um the better and best would be to enter the gratefulness state and to be doing that regularly gotcha love that now that's a really good point you make there that's really cool and i also think that we often don't want the actual thing but we want the emotion that we feel like that thing will bring. And what's interesting is people don't realize that whatever emotion you are chasing, you can have that right now without having the thing. I think about people who are seeking out a relationship to feel happy or confident. Just because you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, sure, it'll be a fleeting thing of feeling confident and happy, But once again, that's an inward battle. And so you can be happy and confident right now by yourself without anybody else. Or you can also see people stay in a relationship because, oh, hey, like, I like the feeling of being in this relationship. And and they don't walk away because they're afraid to lose that feeling, right? Yeah, that's a really good example. I think when you talk about relationships, um, 
almost needing needing a partner, needing a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend to get that confidence. And re- all reality, confidence literally comes from within. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, last week we went to the mall and we were, you know, going around the clothes shops. And then we ended up in this cool new sneaker store that we didn't know was in the in the mall there. And they had some really cool shoes. Really cool shoes. Yeah. And they were like wrapped so that way they couldn't get damaged and yeah, all like that. Super yeah, super nice stuff. But also they had some really dorky shoes. And I'll be honest, I thought they were a little dorky. I thought they were a little weird. Um, not my style. Just just very outlandish shoes. And it's interesting because I know, you know, there's definitely a scene for that. And if you really do like those shoes, I'm saying go for it. But I, th- I think sometimes, especially with the shoe game, I think it's just a good example is that we might not even want the shoe or really love the shoe deep down, right. but we just buy it or buy whatever piece of clothing, insert whatever here. Right. But you just buy it just because you think that, you know, you're craving that emotion of, you know, my people around me, my peers, my friends will think I look cool. People will think I look cool. People think I have a lot of money because I can afford these expensive clothes or shoes. But it's like, dude, you don't need that to feel that emotion. Your friends don't need to validate you and think you're cool in that way. Like you don't need that. And so I think it's just just a really good example and kind of the society that we're living in is this cool game of, you know, needing all these these nice and fancy things. And I actually do like a lot of them, but this idea that you need all these fancy shoes and need the latest and greatest to, you know, feel beloved by the people around you. But it's like, no, dude, you, you don't need that. Right. And the true people that are meant for you won't care. Yeah. Um, another thing that I'm thinking of right now is, is career chasing. And what I mean by this is... I often feel that that people choose careers. And I say often people, meaning myself too. Right. Choose careers out of safety. They want to feel that emotion of safety. But they don't necessarily even want the career they're in. But I'm like thinking about that. When I think about that, you're going to be working for the next 30, 40, maybe even 50 years in some of these circumstances. Mm-hmm. Going to a job every single day. Just because you want that security, just because you told yourself over and over and over, you need those benefits, you need that security, you need that that um, stable paycheck, and all these things are great. Stable paychecks are great, benefits are great, right? Security is great. I'm not saying those are bad things, but what I'm saying is, you don't necessarily need to chase that career just to feel those emotions. You can feel those emotions also doing something that you're super passionate about. And I feel passionate about that that specific idea and topic because it was it was my own life. It was literally my own life. I, as a kid, I don't know. I, I had some experiences where money became a kind of a a topic where there was a little anxiety around it, and I, there was always just a little bit of anxiety or scarcity around money in my mind, my mindset. And going, you know, as I got closer to picking, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And I stuck with medicine because I said, if I work really hard, I'm I'm down to work hard. I'll work hard on anything. But in medicine, my ideas were, if I work hard, I know for a fact that I'll be making a great paycheck, security, I'll have benefits, I'll have great health um, insurance. I'll have all the things that I crave, those emotions that I crave. But, But I really didn't want to become a doctor. And I almost literally went in the whole thing just because of that need or craving um, fulfilling those emotions and so I really do feel passionate about that and I encourage all of you guys what are you 
doing right now in your own lives out of needing a certain emotion like I did, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think too of I, you have to take into your account who you are, your personality, your strengths, and what you feel you're called to do and what your purpose, what brings your life purpose and meaning. Because for some people, it is medicine. For some people, it is being a therapist. For some people, it is being a school teacher, a dentist. And some people, it's entrepreneurship. And I think it's important that you chase your dream because it's your dream, not because you are chasing an emotion from that dream. That's amazing. Love it. Okay, guys, in wrapping up, we wanted to leave you with five practical steps or actions you can take to literally increase your joy today. The whole point of it is how can we increase our joy today? And here are five practical steps for you guys. So the first one is movement. Getting outside and into the sunlight. It is the summertime. We just passed the summer solstice. We are into the summer and it is time for all of us to get outside, enjoy the sun, enjoy the the vitamin D and the beauty that the world can offer. So we encourage you guys to go outside for a walk this week. And we know for a fact that when you do, your joy will increase. The second one we want to leave with you guys is connection. And that is nurturing the relationships with those around you. When was the last time you reached out to to one of your best friends? When was the last time you had a a deep heart-to-heart with your mom or your dad? When was the last time you you said to your grandma, Hey, grandma, thanks for all you did growing up. I love you. Literally, what was the last time you called your grandma? I'm going to call my grandma. I just literally have that feeling. Right? And so, so we encourage you guys, reach out to someone close you haven't in a while. Just tell them you love them. Okay, guys. And number three is we want you to do something that makes you grow. Specifically, we want you to put yourself in a situation um, where you're going to be doing something that you've been avoiding. Avoiding is a huge cause of anxiety. And so we want you guys to do something you've been avoiding to help decrease that anxiety and also help you grow. The fourth thing is service to others. Service is a great way to get outside yourself and to realize what you have. I had a good family friend tell us growing up, if you ever feel bad about yourself, go serve someone else. And it immediately puts you in a better mood. And I can tell you that from personal experience that that is so true. So find a way to serve someone else. And then the last one is self-care. Think of a way that you can incorporate a new form of self-care or do something that you really love this week. Try any of these, all of these. And we really hope that you guys found today really helpful and beneficial. This is something that's super close and personal to Michael and I, and when taken seriously can be a huge, huge benefit in your life. So please like this and share this and rate us as we are growing. This really helps us in our business and our growth as a company. And so remember guys, don't skip therapy and we look forward to seeing you next week. Peace out guys.